56 pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Miami Dolphins select. That's so Dolphins talk with John Baker and Trigger Trey Proctor. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Dude, are we good? Dude, what did that seem to leak? If you don't have eye black at home, you better go get some eye black. Oh my god, we're back. Hello and welcome to That So Dolphins Talk. Got myself, John Baker, with the co-pilot, Trigger Trey Proctor. This is going to be the bonus content from the Podski. We're going to give this to you every single week. It is going to be Finn's Talk. And this week we had a huge Finns win, 20-7 to over the Patriots, so let's get into it. Oh my god, we're back. Hello and welcome into That's So Dolphins Talk. I am John Baker, got the co-pilot with me, Trigger Trey, and we are off and rolling a huge Finns <laughs> W, 20-7, to huge win. Beautiful. Triggs, what'd you think about the game? Let me start this with I'm definitely <laughs> I want to start with that. The vitamins are flowing and I feel real good about that victory. Some things to work on. Gotta remember it's week one. But uh, I tell you what, anytime you can start one and oh against the Patriots, and anytime Tua can stay undefeated against the Patriots, um it's definitely yeah. definitely feels I good. I thought that they looked great. Uh, I, I thought the defense really looked really good. And they're only going to get better because definitely only week one. The only thing that, like, kind of sucked overall was that they had shitty field position the entire game. They were just pinned deep the, in the entire other game. Than, other than that that last drive there where we started uh, on the – I think it was the minus 45. Uh, um, you know, we were pinned, side, pinned inside our own 20 right. the majority of the game. So. so, all right, well, let's get into uh, – the review. We'll start in the first quarter. What'd you think about uh how do you think about it start? Like we get stuck that has no upper lip. And for whatever reason, he has something against the Miami Dolphins. It, it, you know, every single time it seems like that that a game's coming down to the wire, whether we're playing the Patriots or Bills, we're stuck with no lip. But you know, you know, overall first quarter, um it's to a you know throw the damn football. It's it's electric. Even it, even his incompletions just feel good. Um, obviously, his arm strength has been in question here for the from the fan base and the national media for the you know the last two and a half three years. But um, you know, I think overall we started okay. Um, cover you know defensively that first drive. And I don't know if we were just working some kinks out. I know we were hurting that corner, but you know we had Keon playing corner there, and you know that big third down he gave up that that screen pass didn't keep outside leverage, but. You know, overall, I you know I think holding the Patriots to to no points in the first quarter. Is yeah, a huge and win. I definitely thought that we definitely got away with one on X's interception. Like he had all of him, he had all of Parker. Which kudos to the Finns because that's a classic game where any other time, like anybody that's left the Dolphins and went to the Patriots, they would have lit it up. And it just – it was actually really good to see that Parker had really no effect on the game at all. The X literally eliminated him. And, yeah, I would say, you know, being a defensive back coach myself, I would say that was a little aggressive out of our corner there. But, you know, of course they got a makeup call there at the end, um, you know, or, or, you know, getting their only touchdown of the game. Clearly they came from a makeup call in that fourth down, which I'm sure we'll get to. But, you know, yeah, I thought overall um, Parker was – 
absolutely non-existent. Yeah, the the only game. big play that they ever got was there in the fourth quarter, and it wasn't even him. It was Kendrick Bourne. But we'll get to that then. Uh, the one thing, as soon as the very first play the Finns had, that Tua threw it straight into the ground, I was like, oh, no. Like, that was instantly going to be all over Twitter. And it was instantly. It didn't even, like, Barstool put it up instantly. Like, it didn't even take them. Like, they were waiting for that. And it's just so good whenever the Finns can just come out and just slap the Patriots, especially because of Portnoy. But that's a- whether it's whether it's Barstool, whether it's you know NFL, CBS, you know they will scream to its failures. But any successful pass he has or successful game he has, they have nothing to say. I mean, this kid is what four and zero against yeah. Belichick right now. Like you know, I don't understand. Regard, I don't care if he's throwing for 305 yards, 300, you know, 10 yards a game. I don't care if he throws for 100 yards. Any quarterback that can walk in and, and you know, beat a Bill Belichick team four straight times, um, I just don't understand well, how you to can get into two his stats, he was 22 of 33 for 270 and one touchdown. No interceptions. He was sacked three times, and he, he averaged 11.7 yards per pass and his rating was 104.4 that's by far his best game that he's had against the pass it's winning football you know rating 104.4 average you know average pass attempt over 11 yards I think the league average is just under seven so you know we're above league average and and getting the ball um you know past the past the uh, you know usually a first down marker on on our pass attempts but um you know, again, a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of yak involved in our offense, which, you know, I figured, but we're stupid not to use those playmakers. Listen, we all want to see the ball push deep. You know, I'm, I'm screaming it just as much as the next person. But if we're talking about percentage of throws here, are you taking a deep shot and hoping for a, you know, 35 to 50 yard gain, or are you throwing to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and letting them run the right. ball, which we've seen? And I thought that another thing they did the great through, not even in the first quarter, but throughout the game, was that they established the run early and they didn't shy away from it. They stuck with the run, even though like those stretch, the um, the stretch toss play that they do, that didn't work the entire game, but they stuck with it. Like th- that was one thing that was really early in the game that when they tried to do that like toss, that's like a, essentially a stretch. Duggar on the pads, like he shot the gap every single play, and he was always there. It, I mean, that was one of the things they really. That was the only thing that the pads really took away most of the game was just that stretch. Good job with you know taking that stretch away. Um, we had some success out of that eye formation, kind of inside zoning it. You know, I thought we. I, I was. I'll tell you what. I was tickled. Well, tickled, tickled pink with uh, Chase Evans being able to run the football inside the tackles like he did. Um, I think that's going to be big for us going into the you know later parts of this season. I, you know they stay consistent with it, but you know into that first quarter, I mean I'll be honest with you, O line, mate, you know we lose, you know Jackson, you know Austin Jackson early, you know Armstead came out of the game. I don't I didn't see an injury diagnosis with him, so we'll have to follow up on that. But um, just seems like with our O line again, we are just. An injury or two away from being a bit. Yeah, which is I don't scary. know how they. It, it it's been the thing the whole off season and coming into the season. We have no idea how the line's going to play, and then literally that first quarter, Austin Jackson comes out. He kept holding his Achilles. I don't know, was it his ankle or his Achilles? Because it was right after that Ingold. That like was it the fourth and one or was it the third and two? I can't remember which one, but 
Ingold ran out of that eye formation, and he just ran right over Jackson's leg. I don't know if it was his ankle or if it was Achilles. Hopefully just an ankle. If It's because he actually played the snap after that and then came out. Um, so I'm hoping it's just an ankle with him and it's something we're able to kind of bend up going into the next week. You know, as much as I'm not a huge Austin Jackson fan, um, I'd much rather have him in there than Little right now. Although Little held up well. Um, but again, I just felt like every time Tua was dropping back, we were still yeah. small it, downfield. It felt like we that like to. he was going to get sacked at any point in time. Because the, the Pats, I mean, they they really brought pressure really well whenever they did. It just, so the, the speed really killed him most of the time. Because it was only, what, 3 nothing after the first quarter? Three In the first quarter, yeah. 3 nothing. which anytime you can pitch right. a shutout with that, um, you know. Pitching a huge shutout against the pass, like starting off, it was huge. Um, and then the second quarter, it, it didn't really feel like – it kind of felt like the Finns kind of felt a little stale there on offense, but then the big defensive uh, play, because we finally got the field flipped, and I thought Morstead was awesome. He did well, like very, very well. He pinned him deep a, a lot of times because not only were the, the pats, they had really bad starting position too. So the, the, game, the field position game, it didn't really – it factored the fins the entire game, especially early where they started deep. But I think the huge difference was that the fins were able to move the ball and we could move it to it like the 45 or 50 and then we'd stall out on a stupid play or – something like that, but then we could punt it and pin them deep. So it felt like a stalemate there until they had that uh, huge strip sack for the, for the touchdown then. Huge, but it just felt like, you know, I don't, I don't have the box score in front of me here, but it just felt like we had like four possessions in the entire first yeah. half. That's what it felt like. Like we, like both teams, both teams were, were driving the ball well. Um, but, you know, obviously neither of us could finish and, um, you know, our defense came up big and I, I don't know, you know, I wanted to, to hate on the offense as much as I could, but I, you know, I don't think we had any three and outs, um, in the first half. And I, I just, you know, we were driving the ball. Well, it just seems like we were getting stuck in the, in the, the plus territory there. And, you know, of course our defense early on just seems like we could not get off the field. Um, you know, one third down, same with our offense, man. I don't, I don't understand. It felt like. Every single drive, we're trying to get big yeah. third downs. Can we get a Can we get a first down on second down? That would right. be nice. That's what I was thinking too. It felt like they were really. I, I guess because uh, I don't know. This game felt like a huge statement game. Like they were really pushing it early, and then it seemed like sometimes they were trying to push it way too hard. Like they were just trying to go for big play after big play there for a little bit, and then they just kind of. It's like they got a good rhythm going, and then they just like what you said. They stalled out in plus territory, and. It just killed the drive. But it looked like we had uh, in the second quarter, we got the ball early, and then we had a drive, and then we kicked it with about 7.52 left. And then 7.45, they New England uh, got it back. And they had it. They had it until about the four-minute mark. So it was really going back and forth, but that was whenever – um, the 752 is whenever we got that touchdown then on the defense. So it was a quick turnaround for the defense, but at least they had, they got the success finally. The same thing. It's been the, the same story for the last, you know, it feels like three years for that defense continues to come up big. 
but it just feels different offensively this year. Again, I don't think anything was world breaking mm-hmm. in terms of what our offense looks like, but you know, just an absolute playmaker. Like, dude, you're throwing a screen pass on third and ten, and he's getting first downs. Whereas, you know, last year that's a screen pass to love him to death, but Mac Hollins, and he's probably getting tackled for three yards. Yeah, Tyree. Tyree. So it just had seems six like catches, you know, uh, in the first half, for I think it was. I think he was six for like 67 or something like that. So, I mean, he was getting 10 yards of play, but he was, he was a huge factor early in that game. And then even in the first half and deep into the second too. But the, the biggest play, I think, of the second quarter was at the end there whenever uh, on that big score from Tua to Waddle. I had no – on that fourth and seven, I was not expecting him to do that play. As, uh, I'm, I'm livid the game with like why like why give them an opportunity because they're a big pass play away from being in field goal range but you know I give credit to Mike McDaniel first game in that stadium 104 degree heat on the field you know crowds ruckus and why not get in the hand of your playmakers and and Waddle literally you know yeah thing where is Jalen Waddle I feel like he didn't have a catch the entire he had that entire first half and then you know you look at his stat one comeback in that same drive and you're just like, we're, we didn't even realize that Waddle wasn't even – I didn't even realize that. Like, I hadn't heard his name the entire game until that comeback on that third and what – I think it was a third and seven or a third and eight, like, early in the drive. And then I figured that they were, they were just going to run it out because they got it back in the second half. I was really happy to go into halftime at 10 nothing. I had the Crown Royal peach out. We were drinking Crown shots. We're celebrating 10 nothing. And I look up, and we got Waddle, Pangolin Waddle, went into the end zone. I'm like, goodness gracious. That's what happens when you have playmakers on your offense, though. And, um, again, he had a quiet probably what? I think he had five for 80 or four for 80 or something like that on his stat line. That, you know, it was a quiet game for him, and he was still absolutely undefensible. He had five targets, four catches for 69 yards. And that's that's very mild for a Jalen Waddle game, considering what he did last year. He would have – Last year, he would have had Hill's stat line. Hill ended up with 12 targets, eight receptions, 94 yards. But, yeah, going into that halftime, it felt – I felt great. I don't think I've ever been in a Finns game against the Pats, and they've been up 17 nothing. I like, I was elated. I thought I, – I mean, I kind of knew – it felt like the game was in the bag because it felt like that play felt completely deflating for the Pats. Like, they looked out of it after that. I knew – like – us scoring, getting the ball after half, regardless of if we scored or not. I just knew that that, after, you know, it took everything they had to score any points or to move. Right. Yeah. And game going into yeah, half. Going 17 nothing at half felt so good. I was not expecting to be uh, being up 17 nothing at half. And then it, the third quarter, I don't know, it just kind of felt. The third quarter felt so long. I was just waiting for the third quarter to get over because it just kind of felt like we were kind of hanging on there. And not really hanging. It didn't feel like we were hanging on, but it was just like at any – it kind of felt like one of those – I guess because I'm like so conditioned as like a Finn fan that I was just waiting for the pass to just turn it on and figure it out. And they never did. And, and I mean, they, they did that drive where they really drove and then they scored, which – I didn't even realize Ty Montgomery was still in the league. Listen, I love Jalen Phillips to death. Great draft pick. Going to be a stud. 
But having him, whenever we're running defensively, having him um, on an island out in the flat with, with Ty Montgomery in a goal line situation is probably not ideal. So I don't know if that was a blown coverage. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of things in this game where I'd like to see the all 22 and just see really, you know, what we're playing. Because it just seemed like, a, like we're still seven to 10 yards off the football in this. I think we got a little bit more aggressive towards the end and started getting into our amoeba look, you know, where we're bringing pressures and, and things of that nature. But, um, Felt different defensively in terms of our defensive backfield. I know we're missing Byron Jones, and um, you know I think Needham belongs much more in the slot. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand how you could be a good slot corner and not play good on the boundary. You know, in the slot, you're giving up a lot of two way goes, whereas on the boundary, you know, you, you have a basically a second defender with a sideline. So I don't know how that doesn't transition from boundary to to slot corner and vice versa, but. Just seems like that that Needham now again he had good coverage in a lot of those plays. You know, I, I wasn't saying he's getting burnt or anything of, of that nature, but it seems like any time that they needed a play, they're throwing at Needham, which I guess I would too if you got, you know, and Yeah, I think the biggest thing to take away is that we didn't see Igbenogany one play this entire game, which felt so good because is going into that game, we had no idea because it wasn't weren't they thinking that Crossin was or Key and Crossin was gonna play the boundary there for a little bit? crossing on the boundary then he gave up that screen pass in the first half first quarter whenever it was on that third and 12 and gave up outside leverage and dude i'm firing him into the moon with an uber i'm uh, we're ubering him i get him off the field third and 12 and you give up outside leverage on a screen pass i mean oh yeah same old dolphins (laughs) (sighs) but yeah i I, and then i mean that was really the that driver the the pat scored that was literally the only success they had in the entire game. Like, they could not get any – it really looks like they got nothing going on the offense. Like, there's nothing to – if that felt like – it felt like roles reversed because usually it feels like – yeah. If, That's you're right. That felt yeah, like the Dolphins that, offense, The way the Pats dude. played is how it, the Dolphins always play. And it felt so weird that the roles were literally reversed. Like, the Finns' defense had it going. And then the offense was, was – not that, that – like what you said, like the offense didn't set anyone on fire. It's not like they were doing anything crazy or special. The only special play was that Waddle play. But, like, they just did their job. They moved the ball. They didn't have to take – really the only play – two of missed two plays that whole entire game that I can think of was the very first play where he threw it into the dirt because I'm pretty sure he had Hill on an island out there. And then the one where they uh, threw it to Mostert in the fourth quarter or trying to close whenever they got that field goal, I think. Mostert, he should have thrown – Hill was on another island, and he threw it to Mostert, but luckily we had Raheem Mostert. Like, I think the big factor of this game was the fact that we actually had good running backs. Like, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert are, like, huge for this offense because – we're used to sitting there watching fucking Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed, and they're absolutely like they're shitty. It, like if that's what you're relying for on your running back squad, like you're not a good team. Starting running backs from last year are now third and fourth yeah. on the depth chart. <laughs> Obviously, we had some issues in the backfield last year. Let's not try and hide it, ladies and gentlemen. So I think having those playmakers um, on the field this week. 
really, really helped us. I think it's going to help us for the rest of the rest of the year, obviously. But, um, you know, again, I don't want the the national media is going to paint this in a certain way. I'm sure we're about to look at that's the, the life we live in. But this is still a Bill Belichick coach defense and they yeah. don't get blown out a lot. Right. I didn't expect I didn't ex- I didn't expect a 46 to 10 football game. I didn't. Um, to be honest with you, the win by two scores felt feels good. Um, obviously, I had a little, little money on the fins, minus two and a half, so that feels good. Um, but, you know, it's – You're 1-0 after week one. you got to yeah, fucking celebrate yeah. Especially it. when you, you beat a Patriot – a Bill Belichick defense by two scores. Now, granted, the defense – our defense got one of them, but still, at any rate, it still feels good to win by two scores. But uh, anything – the worst human being on this planet. Who is? I don't understand his hate Who for hates? the for the super related. But looking looking ahead now, uh, uh, I don't know if you saw any of those highlights from that Ravens game. But uh, I mean, I know that we're not we're not we're dealing with they were dealing with a Jets defense there. But uh, Lamar was airing it out. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous. Um, I'm gonna be at I'm gonna be at the game next weekend so we will have real life uh real life results in front of my face um i'm really hoping that we can figure something out you know corner wise because the patriots aren't actually you know running up down the field receiver you know offensively with it with 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 they're rolling out so i'm hoping that we can figure something out that way because if if we're getting aired out on like that yeah, Nervous. and that's just, luckily that we're not running that because the, the Jets run that San Francisco like zone style defense, and luckily we're going to run that amoeba man. And I feel I feel a little bit better about it, especially because like we already saw them last year. Now probably Lamar wasn't the that was the real big turning point of the season last year, and Lamar was probably a little banged up. But ooh, I mean they look. They look like a nice, well-oiled machine out there. Granted, they're playing the Jets, but I don't know. It's got to be a hand, all hands on deck situation next week because you don't want it to, you don't want to get blown at in your second game of the season. Well, yeah. Again, I mean, it's the it's the it's the the gauntlet of the AFC. It seems like every week we're going to step into an AFC opponent that you know at any point could make a run at a division title. So, other than of course the Jets, who are absolute dog shit, but you know. The Ravens, we get blown out by the Ravens, and and this this Patriots win just seems like it evaporates, and, and then, all of a sudden we're having questions. And listen, I don't want it. We've all been around for the 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 Matt Moore days, or we're chanting Matt Moore, and you know I just really want Tua to again build off of this game. He goes out for another two seventy, and we're not getting you know Skylar Thompson chance in the in the stands. Oh yeah, you know, they're they're, they're already out. And if you're you're out there, you know, clamoring for Skylar Thompson minutes, you're a fucking moron. But yeah, dude. If you're, it, it, we had technical difficulties there, so let me let me re-preface. Oh Adam Archuleta. Oh yeah, Archuleta is a moron, dude. I've never. I mean, it just seemed like no matter what we did offensively, it was nothing but negativity. It really felt like again. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist guy wearing a tinfoil hat over here, but it really felt like CBS is in his ear saying, "Hey, you know, we have this narrative about Tua. Make sure we're, you know." planting these seeds about him not playing well, him not playing well. Dude, throwing for 270, 4-0 against Belichick, and Archuleta's up there talking shit. Matt Jones is throwing balls <laughs> into the stands with no pressure. Yeah, we got and uh, if we want 
if we want to go over Mac Jones stats, he was 21 to 30 at 213. His average throw was 10 yards and he had a touchdown and a pick. And I mean, I don't want to say that Jones played bad, but he didn't do anything that was, he just played typical Mac Jones game that we literally seen all year. And then in the media will tell you that he played better than Tua. I'm going to. He's Chad Pennington. He's Chad Pennington. Good comparison. Who he is. He literally is Chad Pennington. That's awesome. That's a really great comparison. Yeah. That's who he is. And that's, that's fine. You can win football games with Chad Pennington, but stop bringing him out here. Like he's the next Tom Brady. I'm just really hoping that the national media is going to start turning on this whole quote unquote Belichick way. Because guess what? It's kind of starting to make me wonder why all these coaches leave and try to implement this Belichick way and it doesn't work in other places. Is that maybe because they don't have Tom Brady? It didn't work for Flores. It didn't work for, you know, how many other coaches that have come out of that Belichick coaching tree? Because it only works and it's only the Belichick way because Belichick's coaching Tom Brady. Now that he's coaching a average to below average quarterback in Max Chad Pennington Jones, you know, I, I'm just hoping the national media is starting to see that. I doubt it will. You know, of course, the Patriots will continue to get, you know, primetime games and they'll get all the love on the ESPNs and the Sirius XMs of the world. But we all know where we stand in terms of uh, that offense and what, what to expect out of them. I, I'm calling it right now losing record. Oh, well, I mean, there's only so many games you can win, really. I mean, they're probably going to be, I don't know, I don't want to pinch it, I don't want to pigeonhole myself here, but they feel like a 7-10 and 10 team. Yeah, just, yeah. It feels they'll like the just Dolphins. easily be 7-10 and 10 as well. We have no idea. I mean, yeah, they we could. could. <laughs> they, they could be anywhere from 7-10 and 10 to 12-5. and 5. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if we want, do you want to go over any other stats before we go into, before we do anything else? No, I think, you know, again – Hill, Hill is as advertised. He's special. Um, I expect more out of our offense next week, to be honest with you. Um, again, in the all 22, I'd like to see what the, what the Patriots are actually playing. Cause I got to wonder defensively how soft of a zone they were playing. And what that tells me is that our offensive line is mm. very, very scary. I'm going to be honest with you. Cause I think the Patriots saw something, you know, whether it be in preseason or just, as the game's going, that they're able to get pressure only bringing four, and they can sit in that soft zone. We can't push the ball deep because they don't have time. We can't push the ball deep because they're playing too high, man underneath, whatever it is. So, again, it has to be on the all-22, but it just worries me that our offensive line is going to be the Achilles yeah. heel of this Well, team. I mean, a lot, it felt like a lot of times they had – they would send five, drop six, and that fifth person was completely untouched the entire game. Like, it didn't matter where the fifth person came from. They were free. Yeah. Yeah. And then, listen, Tua was a little careless with the ball at times. I don't know if that's him getting out of the pocket and trying the to biggest, make the play, but it just seems like anytime he go was – Go ahead. I'm sorry. It just seems like anytime he was scrambling, he just wasn't able to, you know, gather himself and connect on a on a ball, whether it was short, deep, whatever. Um, just felt like he was out of sorts once he got out yeah, of the pocket. Yeah, because he, um, he had a really big bone – he had a bonehead play at – um, there, there, whenever it was like second and two and it was like, he threw it into the dirt. Like he was trying to hit, I think it was Sherfield or, or Wilson or somebody like that, like short, like there at the goal line and he threw it right in the dirt. But like he had, 
he had 10 more yards, he could have ran and got that first down easily. And then he had yeah. that one where he was scrambling out, and he all, and that was almost a pick. Probably should. Oh, it should have been. I, mean, I don't know what that ball. I don't know if he was expecting Waddle to stop and Waddle kept rolling, whatever it was. Uh, but that was a bad throw. But this offense feels like, dude, if if we're able, if our defense can get off the field, you know, and not give up these long drives with the classic bend but don't break defense that the Miami Dolphins continue to display. Oh, dude. You know, if we're able to. If we're able to get off the field, it just—it seems like this offense is going to have opportunities to continue to stack up big numbers. Yeah. Um. I mean, easily going to have, in my opinion, two thousand yard receivers. Just, just looking at the way we played today. Uh. And you know, we're, we still didn't get a lot of Jacecki minutes, who at this point may be useless. I don't know. I'm a Penn State. We're both Penn State fans. We love Jacecki, but he might just be useless in this offense. But you know, Cedric Wilson's out there still. I just there's so many weapons on that football field. Yeah. And it, it felt, it, yeah, Jacecki, it really sucks because we are, like, we're both huge state guys, and it, it just, it, it sucks because you would, you would think that somebody, like, with his skill set, he would be able to fit into a George Kittle role, but he just can't block. He can't, he can't. Right. It's almost like, if, it, it feels like every time he steps on the field, the offense knows that it's a pass. Yeah. Which is not good. Right. That's, yeah, not good. It, it, yeah. And, Really, Durham Smythe is like the little crown of that little crown jewel of that uh, that draft because yeah, without him we don't have anybody wrong. else because we don't got I don't know how long Hunter Long is going to hang around I don't know how I don't think he's really progressing that well and then we lose Keith and Carter and I, I don't know what happened to him he was on the ground for a long time it looked like an arm or something like maybe shoulder yeah he was definitely something serious which bad to say but it, you know it just felt like again I, we've said this to each other all year, all offseason. It feels like we're an injury away from being, like, not very good. So anytime someone goes down, I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. But I'm anxious to see, you know, just looking into next week, moving on from this game, getting the dub. Obviously, we want to look into next week. We'll celebrate this tonight. But, you know, what what's our what's our offensive line going to look like? You know, Jackson leaves. You know, Little leaves, does come back. Armstead jogs off. I don't remember if he came back in or what the diagnosis was on him, but it just makes me nervous to see what we're going to do offensively with our offensive line and how serious those injuries are. Yeah, I think I think the one really good thing too is that in short yardage we were able to move it, even though that we did have those issues. So uh, that felt really good too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we will wrap this up. We got uh, a huge Finns win today. 20 to 7 against New England. Always good to beat the Pats. We got the Ravens uh-huh. next week. Ravens had a huge uh, a big win against the Jets. However, it is those those pesky rotten Jets. But Oh buddy, we'll be boots on the grind we're, next weekend. Yeah, we're going to be boots on the grind at the Ravens game next week. It's going to be a fun the time. The Posky takes Baltimore. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so Dolphins talk is going to be deep. Deep into Charm City. So, all right. Well, that was our very first episode. Check us out on the underscore Podski as this is our bonus content that we're going to give you every week. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? No, just follow my Twitter at uh, at this team makes me drink. Um, because this team makes me drink, win or lose, I am still drinking. We are 15 motors deep, and they will keep flowing into the late night here in Newburgh, Pennsylvania. Let's go. All right. With that, we're going to wrap it up. We'll see you next week on That's So Dolphins Talk.